Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Word Family Church podcast, a fun, sometimes intellectual conversation about the church and the comings and goings of the congregation here at Living Word. I'm the man behind the board and one of your hosts, Zach Bensel. Joining me today, as always, is head pastor and hot sauce master, Pastor Scott Millis. Hey, that hey, rhymed. Not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Bad. Good to be here. Um, and also with us is wearer of fine shoes and preacher of even finer messages, Mac Ryder. Nice. You're too kind. Thank you very much. Yeah. Awesome. Well, how's it going, guys? Doing good. By fine shoes, you mean discount shoes from Meyer, right? Is that what you They're mean? They're still okay, fine right. shoes. I mean, they caught my eye. <laughs> I was actually at work the other day, and someone had really cool shoes. I was like, where'd you get those shoes? And he's like, Walmart. I was like, nice. okay, well, yeah. clearly nice. I need to go to Walmart or something. Right. Find some shoes. some things. Yeah. Oh, speaking yeah. of shoes, it's completely off topic. Not off topic, but off of what we're wanting to talk about. Did you know Payless closed? I did, yeah. That's kind of crazy. We got all the kids' school shoes from Payless. Figured from our business alone, they could have stayed open. Like, sure. It's just being lazy when you really yeah, think about it. Right. Bad business model. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. bad business uh, model. Discount shoes. That's a terrible business model. I bet it's because everyone, you can buy, every, I mean, I see a lot of people buy shoot more shoes online now. Um, I lots of people buy everything online. Well, right. That's did true. I, but... Did I tell you? I don't know if I told you, but I used that as an opportunity for like an economics lesson with Abigail, with my daughter. We were on the way to a doctor's appointment and we're on the interstate and we go by Toys R Us. And, you know, obviously Toys R Us is closed. Right. And the kids were, we didn't go there a ton, but we went there from time to time. It was kind sure. of a fun treat. And what's hilarious is we'd go there to look, but not to buy. I you'd know. You'd go there to look, because, but they're, they're just pricey. Yeah. And then you'd buy them online for cheaper, which yep. is uh, which is junky, but it's just kind of like, man, what do you do? I know. It's uh, tough. You yeah. know, really hate to see any business go out of business, but then, you know, how, but, how complicit am I for doing the same thing? Oh, yeah, exactly right. With Payless, so. I'm not sure it was the exact same thing. I don't know if people are going online to, to, to buy, you know... I, it's a dicey proposition to buy shoes online, in my opinion, unless you know get a really solid right, return right. return policy. Uh, but what I found is uh, the last few times I was in there, you don't pay a lot less at Payless. You know, they, there was a few super discount uh, styles there, but they right. had some. You can get just about the same variety and a better price point at Walmart. Right, and maybe so, that's part, yeah, part of it too. Yeah. But the, we we were headed, and Abigail's like, "Well, why is you know why did Toys R Us close?" And so the entire way from there to the doctor's appointment, I was explaining to her about you know supply and demand, economics, yeah. price point, why um, a company like Amazon can sell for so much cheaper online yeah. as opposed to a company like Toys R Us that has to keep a brick and mortar store open. Right. And uh, let's just say that by the time we got to the doctor's appointment, she was glad to be going to the doctor. <laughs> so, but uh, but it's just kind of interesting. I like I sure. I am so like my mom in that stance, and even Ashley will tell you like everything is some kind of a teachable, learnable yeah. moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I know something about something they're going to learn about it if right. something happens to oh. bring it up you know so which is good it's just i'm my, the kids just crack abigail rolls her eyes and it just cracks me up because dad not everything has to be like you don't have to teach whenever you we come across something like yes we do sweetheart and you're going to listen yes, we, and you know what <laughs> i mean i think that's what's uh the value of watching movies together reading books together oh, yes, even if absolutely. they are not quote unquote christian movies christian books the great themes are the great themes, and they can be tied into biblical truths. Yeah. And I think those things are worth talking about. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there's it's kind of funny because even some of the kids' shows that they watch obviously are not overtly Christian. You know, they're just, you know, fun either cartoons or just fun 
you know, yeah. shows on, on TV or whatever. But, you know, we're able to pull out points and pull out stuff that, that are good conversation starters, you know. Yeah. Because they're not bad shows. They're just, they're, I mean, you know, every show has a little lesson. You know, it's kind of, what would you call it? The, um, the oh, man, Full House. You know, the Full House oh, lesson yeah. of every episode. Yeah, it's, right. you know, dad sitting down with his daughters. Now, dear, here's what's going, you know, it's just kind of with the music in the crowd in the background. You know, it's yeah. just kind of, so yeah. every show has got some type of a, a sure. point they're trying to make. And there, it's just nice to be able to have those conversations with your kids. That's do you remember Tan from camp? Yes. Her husband, uh, Don, is a movie critic. He's just, he's part of these, he's like certified now, part of the, uh, oh, uh, wow. I forget which, now which he's in, critics he's organization. Critic in Chicago, right? He's in yes, Chicago? Yes, yes. Okay. But he, by uh, trade, he's a school teacher. Uh, and he's done different jobs within the Chicago, you know, public education arena. But now he's back in the classroom, elementary school teacher. But his movie reviews are are called Every Movie Has a Lesson. And so he'll give a straight review, but every review ends with two, three, maybe four life lessons from the movie. Oh, as a, from wow. a teacher's perspective. Now, is he published online? Or yes. Where do you oh, find yeah. It? He's very just. Every, you type in every movie has a lesson. I'm or, gonna make that note. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not necessarily advocating for the reviews. I can't speak for it. Uh, he's he's certainly grown as a movie reviewer. I I was just referring to it from the the format. I think that's kind of a cool yeah. twist on the movie review. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I don't put too much stock in movie reviews because I probably put too much stock in them. You know, really? You know, well, See, whenever you know. I read, I should say critical reviews. If I'm just talking to you know Zach, or if I'm talking to somebody, oh, what'd you think about such and such movie? I know, you know, yeah. we're gonna have a cool conversation about it. But when you're talking about a, a critical reviewer, somebody who's got to be published, yeah. Number one, they're essentially a professional movie critic right they're looking at stuff that i don't technical see stuff that technical that, yeah, stuff that sure. i don't see until the second or third watch right you right. know so i'm gonna go into a movie and just watch it as it's intended right before i make any kind of critical things about it so yeah. i don't even mess with the reviews really I, I i always do out of curiosity you know just and, and i probably shouldn't either i should go in with i guess as more of a blank slate right but you know if i'm scrolling through uh, amc or turner or something like that i my eyes always go down to the rating in the corner. You know, how many, right. what's the percentage here? Rotten Tomatoes. And if you look at something like, uh, you know, Casablanca, one of my favorite movies, you know, it's got a 97% fresh rating or whatever. And I'm like, what's, who are the 3% that didn't like that movie? Uh, boggles my mind. Fraction of percent who haven't seen it, such as myself. I haven't seen Casablanca. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll resume on after I Matt just watches watched, Casablanca. I just watched, I think maybe it was last year because it was on Amazon Prime, just watched Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Ooh. Which that's, that's a, kind of like a... That's an investment right there, time-wise. Like yeah. three hours that's long. Like four it was hours long. Or, it's no, a, is it really four? I, I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe I know it took three. me two nights to watch Visually, it. it's a really, it's, really cool movie. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I, the fact, all the... Like the extras and stuff yeah. that yeah. they had for that movie, it was interesting. And the, it's a tough movie to watch, though. Yeah, it is. It's a period period piece, and it's just and it's fascinating. But there was some plot stuff in there. I'm just kind of like, okay, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, but frankly, I don't. Well, let's just uh, move on. Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> 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 the movie review podcast. Um, hey, we just uh, we just wrapped up our uh, night of worship, or we, uh, excuse me, our worship series with a night of worship. We did, and that was awesome. We, we actually had our night of worship. The night before our final message in the worship series, right? Uh, and I gotta tell you, you know, we—I've been excited about it. I was so excited when uh, when the idea was floated about just setting aside a time where nothing is on our agenda except worship, praise, and worship. And uh, you know, it's like, well, leave the door open if there's something else God wants to happen, but there's going to be no message. Um, 
we are coming here to worship and it wasn't scheduled to go two, three hours. It's like, so let's set this, you know, leave them wanting more kind of thing. Right. And uh, I was excited about it and I guess I knew it would be good. I don't think it could have been better. I was so moved and so touched and so ministered yeah. to during this service and it where what we had uh, 60 some people here yeah, i think not a bad turnout yeah. for the first time i think a lot of people were kind of like eh, I don't. you know and see saturday night didn't expect the whole church to be here right but i think word of mouth uh will cause more people to show up for, so for subsequent yeah. ones and everybody that i talked to is like are we going to keep doing this are we going to do this again that's absolutely in our plans to do this at least quarterly mm-hmm. uh Man, I wouldn't mind doing it more often than that, but I know it's a lot of work for you guys. But I just loved how, and I'm giving all glory to God. Don't get me wrong. I mean, right. I just there was a, you know, a very real presence there, just oh, a yeah. sweet spirit. I don't right. want to throw a bunch of Christianese out there, but there was a freedom mm-hmm. in that room. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. For that, that certainly I experienced, and and that I see the band experiencing. I mean, you can oh, see yeah. you guys really pouring your hearts into this. Yeah, the worship team did a fantastic oh, job. And, but it was also so tightly planned. There was a, there, it just, you know, how do you start something like that? Gather people up, open in prayer, and then when it's over, thank you, Lord. And yes. it was just such an easy, there yes, was no right. struggle. I've been, in, I've been in services at camp, for instance, where the Spirit's moving, people are singing and praising, and, and there comes a point when everybody knows, okay, are we kind of done here? But nobody knows how to shut it down. Right, right. right. And uh, it's like, you know, we don't... It, and I remember having to do that one time. It's like you know, there's people still on their knees before God, but it's it's pushed. You know, it's midnight. We've got a day of camp, and I'm like, hey, you know, God, I believe God's been honored and blessed here. It's time to close this down, and right, and uh, and everybody was okay with that, except for a little handful of uh, people who came up, and I mean, there really was just four or five people who were like, ah, you shouldn't have shut that down. The Holy Spirit was still here, and uh, God was still moving, and and I remember I had I said to them, you know, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That's right. And that's right. Uh, see, and, and with a camp situation or situation with a camp atmosphere, you're also dealing with um, students who are not at a maturity level to be right. able to say, you know. And it also depends on church background and stuff like where they're coming from and what they normally do at their church. And right. you know, maybe they have extended services. That's when right. Something like that goes on at church, and know? it was. It absolutely was an extended service. Right. Right. You can't extend it all night. No. Not, right. You can't, you can't rearrange the whole week because of a moment like that anyway right. and god knows that god and knows exactly that. yeah exactly so so but no it was it, it was, was a great night grow everything the 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 song selection and uh the participation you know i'll we'll have a have this conversation some other time i had a, a long uh email conversation with uh, a church member about certain facets of worship that was that was very instructive but uh at some point we were talking about the night of worship and, and I said, man, I was, there was a, uh, I can't remember. It was after uh, heart of worship, the song mm-hmm. heart of worship when Emily began singing in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And at one point I'm down on my knees and I'm singing in tongues at mm-hmm. the top of my voice. And with, I don't think I was overpowering anybody. I don't think everybody, I, I, don't, I don't believe it was a distraction because this music was still loud and I could hear so many other voices, right. but it was the freedom just to, Pour that out like I was in my car, you right, know, not right, worrying right. about anybody else. Right. But I was also, from where I was geographically in the room, I was unable to see to see anyway uh, how well, how much other people were participating. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the sense at the beginning a lot of people were hanging out back toward the back of the room, uh, but I know they'd been asked to spread out 
Uh, but for me, you know, all it meant was I couldn't see anybody else. Right. For all I knew, there's 50 people standing behind me looking at me, but I didn't, <laughs> you could hear the voices. And right. Everything. Yeah. It was, it was, right. uh, just, uh, so I, you know, I really do think there was great participation. Mm-hmm. Everybody quote unquote entered in yes. Uh, yes. from what I could tell. It was uh, just a great, great night. I mean, it left me ready to yeah. do this mm-hmm. the next time. Which is awesome. Possible. Yeah. yeah. It was very good. That's so it. Is that, yeah. As far as the technical side of it, the preparation side of it, you and the worship team, how did that all, did that, I mean, obviously this is a little bit, you know, rather than doing 15 minutes, this is, you know, almost an hour. Right. How did that all play out? How did the worship team come together and get that? Oh gosh. Um, I'm a planner and, uh, I, uh, can tend to be a perfectionist. Um, that's not good, a good thing, but, um, I am always, I always love to have more time to prepare because it is, it's a worship night. So at the end of the day, the, um, spirit is going to take over when and when and if, and whenever he wants to take over. And part of the Um, preparation would be obviously part of the preparation is finding those moments where it's going to, because, um, I actually read something interesting from Jeremy Riddle. A while back, he's a worship leader, used to be with Bethel. Everyone, I'm sure, knows him. Is that um, he was saying, he was like talking, he was like, people who are planners, um, God can speak during the um, service and he can be spontaneous. And then he was saying, people who tend to be spontaneous during the worship service, God can also speak to you while you're planning out the set list. And so it's a healthy mix of both. Right. Um, it. It was, I mean, it was a band practice where, you know, we were going through and one of the main things we were doing is Glorious Day was a new song. So we did that a couple of times, but then the rest of it is just kind of practicing transitions. It's like, how long do we gotcha. think we mm. might hold out here? Um, how are we going to be watching? Because really when it's the person who's going to be most in tune with what's kind of going on usually is going to be the person leading that song. Gotcha. So it's yeah. just kind of making sure that we're watching the worship leaders, um, kind of knowing where we're going to go. And really, I think we do a good job about that. Um, you do. Yeah. I think you guys, all I, do. A it's job. just knowing we're just all in yeah. tune and we're, we kind of, we've played enough, um, not shows, but sets with each other to know where we're going and to hear each other and play off each other. And right on. So, yeah. I awesome. got to say, I I really, really admire that. Uh, and it's something that I don't think... On one hand, I don't want people thinking too hard about it. Ideally, this is just done so well right? and uh, that people just come in and take it for granted that all I got to do is decide whether I'm going to participate right, or right, not. Right. But I do th- wish and, and want people at least to to appreciate and notice the fact that these things don't happen by accident. There were a couple of phrases that I remember from Rama. One of my favorite instructors was a very uh, meat and potatoes kind of teacher. It just, he didn't, he wasn't anti-charismatic, of course. He's a Rama instructor and a Rama church guy, but he was very big on do the human part right. I mean, you prepare. And uh, he's the one that I remember. I'm not sure if he originated this saying, but I heard it from him. Doing the human part poorly doesn't make the God part more effective. Mm. Oh, Doing the human part. Wow. Yeah, and, That's and, really uh, good. Just like, and, and, but there was this, it's kind of a pervasive idea in certain circles of 
charismatic worship and ministry that if it's going to be spiritual it's got to be spontaneous that if you plan then you're you're not trusting god and that's just not true it's about doing things with a spirit of excellence and this is what we clearly have and a lot of churches have that right the trick is or maybe the tricky balancing act is how do we do this and plan it as well as god has gifted us to do that and still leave room for the spirit right. mm-hmm. to move, take it a different direction. Right. And that's what I, I don't know if I have, I, it, I saw that on full display the other night. Right. It was right. just so well done. And I think yeah. if we plan things correctly, we do it. We, we absolutely do leave room for oh, the yeah. spirit right. to move. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was at a church conference, oh gosh, a few years ago at a huge church in, in uh, Tulsa. Gosh, the church probably eight or nine thousand people at the time. They're probably bigger now, but um, one of the sessions that I went to was they were talking about how they organized their, how they set up and plan for their worship. Yeah, you know. And at the time, there wasn't really any other sessions that appealed to me. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go check that out, even though I'm not, you know, I'm a worshiper, but I have, I mean, technically wise, musically wise, I mean, bottom of the barrel. I have no. You guys could have like a we have terrible we have, night. We have like, train wrecked no songs before, and, and you will come up and you'll notice. be like, "Man, that sounded yeah. great." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, "Well, okay." I just, I just don't have an ear for that kind. Of, now, if somebody is offbeat or totally voice cracks a note, like obviously I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick that up. But tech, little technical stuff, or maybe one person that's not doing what they were supposed to be doing, I don't I obviously notice that. But anyway. But they were talking about how, oh, yeah, you know, we plan, we do a complete run-through. Not only do they have their regular rehearsals, but they do a complete run-through Saturday, and they have a sa- they have a Saturday service, so Saturday before their service. I mean, they'd spend a couple of hours doing run-throughs and doing all this stuff, but they also have three or four people on staff as part of their worship team. Right. Now, they've got volunteers, too, of course, sure. absolutely, um, but they've got people on staff. But that's all they do throughout the week is get yeah. this stuff prepped and ready and get everything. So when they do rehearsals, their volunteers are yeah. coming in. You know, and I think sometimes people don't understand how much work goes into this. You know, like our worship teams, um, the youth team, the main worship band, which now a lot of crossover. But um, how much time and, and energy and practice and preparation, all the stuff goes into this, mm-hmm. whereas the you know average congregant yeah. only sees – during the worship service, yep, you know, right. and, and not, I mean, not just the worship team too. I mean, well, uh, the sound yes, guys, the sound light guys, guys, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all, it all adds to the worship experience. It does. So yeah. it really does. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's a, it's a lot of work, but it's, right. you know, in the grand scheme of things, the people who do children's ministry, it's a lot of work that you yeah. don't see. The Absolutely. pastors, oh, yeah. the All ushers, everything that's everything. The it's takes, a lot of yeah. work that you don't right. see. So and when it's being done well, you don't you don't notice. Yeah, you know right. that's exactly. one of those weird right. catch exactly. It's like if it's going well, you don't even notice. Mm-hmm. But yep. when it's not going well, you do notice, and that's when people are like, "Well, what's going on?" You know, right. or whatever. Yeah. Right. But speaking, of Pastor Scott, of the comment that you made about um, God being in the preparation as yes. well. Um, this is something at this same church conference because they had like, I don't know, two or three services. So it's like, okay, our first service has to get done by such and such time right. because we've got 2,000 people to get out to the parking lot and out while other people are coming in. Like everything's got to be like yeah. boom, boom, boom. And somebody, I don't know if it was during question and answer time. I don't remember what it was, but or it's just something that he'd brought up, the speaker. But he talked about how people are like, well, if you are so rigid in your multiple services you know your service service one has to go from this time to this time and there's you know they're like well where do you leave room for the spirit to move and for this stuff to happen and he he made a very good comment i i, I 
I typically, for the most part, agree with it. He's like, you know what? The Holy Spirit isn't surprised by what our services are right. organized and how our, our, you know, we have to do yeah. things for people to come in and out. The Holy Spirit's not caught off guard by that, saying, "Well, I wanted to move." No, yeah. he's in our preparation and our planning. Right. You know, if the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit moves in a service. On the fly, we readjust some things. You know, maybe right. we cut out a worship song at the end, or maybe we cut out an announcement at the end, or whatever the case is. Like, we can make adjustments for it, but God knows right. when people need to go and people need to get here for the next service. Like, that's not something that catches God by surprise. Right. God's in the preparation of it, even whether it's whether it's a worship service and how the band prepares ahead of time and leaves room for the Spirit to move, or knowing that God will move in however He wants to, or you're organizing multiple church services where you have a schedule to keep right. You know, God's in it. God's got more than capable of working within our within the parameters that we are what, we, right, where, what we, we have we to set. offer. Him. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that's so that's the worship series, which was fantastic. What do we? What do you? What do you got up, coming up next? What are you gonna be talking about? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, we're actually gonna uh, look at the book of Galatians next. Ooh. It's, uh, tell you Bloody. what. Sometime every time I uh, open up a different. Uh, book of the Bible, especially in the in the New Testament, of course. You know, and you guys know, man, I love preaching from the Old Testament because yeah. I'm a story guy, I'm a history guy, and I think there's so many rich, rich lessons. But we are New Testament believers, right. and uh, the the instruction book for our life is the the epistles. You know, the the groundwork is laid in the in the Gospels, and we see, of course, the the early church history, putting the gospel into practice in the book of Acts. And uh, and then we've got the letters written by the apostles. These are instructions from God on how to do life in right. the church age. And it's so fascinating to read these letters as they were meant, as they were written, you know. And I love, man, their favorite verses, and and you can take one verse of scripture and apply it to your life. Oh yeah. But what a what a richness is there when you read the letter and see, wow, there's a theme here. He wasn't right. just making up verses for them to memorize. Right. Yeah. And uh, and of course, you know, uh, many of you know uh, out there in listener land that Galatians was written to. Uh, a group of believers that had been invaded, as it were, by what were known as the Judaizers. The Judaizers were people who would come into established Christian churches and fight for the idea that they that these new Christians, especially these Greek Christians, these uh, Gentile Christians, people who had gone from unbelief to belief without uh, ever considering Judaism, right. you know, the early, early church where they were all Jews and the, and they saw this as part of their heritage. And it was a big enough jump theologically for them to accept the fact that God wanted Gentiles in the kingdom at all. But the Judaizers thought, okay, they can do that, but they have to go from Gentile to Jew to Christian. And if they go from Gentile to Christian, then they have to go back and do certain Jewish things. And the big Jewish thing was circumcision and there were people and they were very persuasive and what happened though it was never just a matter of circumcision it was the circumcision was their first big step back under the law and you can read paul's passion as he writes this letter why 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 do you want to be dragged under that and why where where do these judaizers where do they get off thinking that this is okay to do because the very law they're trying to drag you under is something none of them were ever able right, to keep? Right. Now, do you think it's just as much a matter of control? 
Like that's what we saw with the Pharisees. Yeah, Why it was control. It was pride. You're, control. It's like, that's right. This is this is our heritage. And if right. you go straight, for, if you can be saved and a full member of the kingdom without embracing our heritage, then what does that mean? Right. Well, you're going to have to find a new identity too. Guess what? Right. If you're going to understand Christianity correctly, you have to understand that that's where your identity right. is. It's mm-hmm. not in your Jewishness. Anyway. Yeah. Right. It's not in the it's not in the religions that's or the right. traditions. Yeah. It's yeah. in Christ. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Freedom in Christ. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, I'm. Very excited about that. Very stoked about that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be getting some, uh, be getting some some social stuff, getting out there. You know, now prepping you guys, prepping. Yeah, yep. prepping, getting you ready, getting your hearts yeah. ready for that. So yeah, very cool. Awesome. Yeah, I think our, uh, you know, the message of Galatians is freedom. Yeah. So I think we ought to get a little clip of William Wallace. <laughs> freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Be- that's, that's you gotta go from the back here. Freedom. You sound like you're doing a Russian <laughs> slash German William Wallace. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to do it on the fly, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just embarrassing yourself. <laughs> let's be honest. I could do so, an Irish freedom. When we do, freedom. when we do video announcements, sometimes he'll he'll mess around and do different accents or different oh, yeah. voices or whatever. And I'm like, stop it. We got to get this recorded. That's not true. You laugh. <laughs> I laugh, and then I say, stop. We got to get this going. <laughs> Hey, um, we about done here. I'm out of coffee. Oh, I'm kidding. I, no, I, know I offered to get you some before I we started know, recording, and you said no. I know. Um, yeah. So I had the opportunity to, um, well, um, go into a, a, a visitation for a um, uh, family member of a friend, but it was at a, an old church. Yes. Um, oh, in Flatville. And I don't know if anybody that's listening has ever been in that the Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Flatville, but as, oh, I'm, wow. as I'm standing in line... It was gorgeous. I yes. mean, like just the ornate. Now, yeah. obviously, the building that we're in is beautiful. I oh, love, absolutely. I know it's a pain to warm the sound and stuff, but the dome and everything. I mean, I just love mm-hmm. our building. It's very unique, very cool, but it's also very modern. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, 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 drywall and, and two-by-four construction. You know what sure. I mean? Mm-hmm. Other, than, other than the dome, which is a little bit of a different animal. But with this old, I mean, this like it's like a... I mean, it's, it looks like a cathedral. It, I mean, it's it just oh, right. gorgeous. And right. I'm just walking through, and it's been a while since I've been in there. I've yeah. been in there before. I have too. A time or two. But uh, I'm just sitting there looking as I'm standing in line to pay my respects. And I'm just, like, looking around. I'm like, this is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. The yeah. stained glass windows. There's, like, Latin inscriptions in the stained glass windows. And, like, good night. It is, I mean, it is just a, You walk beautiful. into that, that room, and you think, this is high church. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's a little mini it's, balcony where the, yep. right. the minister stands yeah. to deliver the word, and there's a very ornate altar, the pipe organ. Oh, my gosh, uh, that pipe organ is amazing. Everything, you look up at all the way, I mean, from floor to ceiling, wall to wall, and I'm looking at all the different, just you know, ornate is the yes. word. How all these just very detailed See, I know designs big words too. How <laughs> how do you keep that stuff clean? Oh my gosh, I know. We gotta have special tools. It's like inlaid with like gold paint. Oh like my all goodness! Over. I mean, man, and it looked. It didn't look like run down. Like this place right. was pristine. And, well, and you kept. know what? Let me let me. Uh, Interrupt. I don't know exactly. I don't know how much you wanted to say about that, but obviously. I was just transitioning to a, another topic, yeah. was, but my essential point. So. I, <laughs> I remember having a discussion about that. Now, this is this is worth thinking about, I think. I was in uh, a religions class in, in college in, at Parkland, and I took it. I've shared this from the pulpit. I signed up for the class because it was called Religion 101, right. and I thought, what could this be? I, did, I don't know if there was a course description that I didn't read or 
if they pulled a fast <laughs> one. But I took it because I thought it would be like a study on world religions. I thought we got to hurt me to know a few things about right. Oh, absolutely. These other beliefs, but it wasn't. It was a philosophy class on the nature of religious belief, and about half the class dropped the class within the first two weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, but I was one that stayed the course and uh, had ended up having some fascinating discussions. And our instructor, uh, our he really, uh, he wanted to know where we were coming from. We had to turn in a page basically telling, here's what I believe. And uh, Joe Thomas, remember Joe? Yeah. He was here. We're going to have him on this program again sometime soon. He was in that class with me. And he was bold enough to ask the professor, you know, you're requiring this of us. I think it's fair that we know where you come from belief-wise. And he said, oh, that's fair. And so he shared that he uh, he had a number, he had a little bit of a oh, syncretic uh, approach to religions. He, okay. did, he did not. Uh, Time for definition. A little, little bit syncretic. of a blending, you okay. know. Uh, okay. uh, that he, but he mentioned, I think he had a Quaker background. So he had some respect for Christianity. But he did say... As far as my tastes for church, I really dislike the modern, low-key, informal approach to worship. I like, if I'm going to walk into a church, I want to walk into a cathedral. When I, when I walk in and I see the stained glass and the gold and the altars, I feel like I'm in the house of God. Interesting. And I... At that time now, this is 1983, 84, somewhere in there. I'm still a relatively young believer. I'm still in my zeal without knowledge phase. But keeping in mind my background, I came from a church that wasn't ornate like that, but it was definitely, right. you know, it was a stained glass, you know, it was a church sanctuary. Right. And because I didn't have what I would consider to be a real spiritual experience at that church, you know, my, my Christianity and what I was fed, what I cut my teeth on, was in, you know, after I really met Christ right. and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these were all in these more, you know, storefront churches, right. you know, informal settings, home home gatherings, things like this. And all the vitality and all the meaning was in what we are hearing, what we are talking about, what we were doing. It had nothing to do with where we were. Right. And so in my mind... I always associated a disconnect from God right. with the ornate high church atmosphere. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when he's telling me this, I thought, well, you're just one of these religious people who, you know, I, what I guess looking back, I would just say here was a difference. Now, I still don't believe this guy was a believer, but that's neither here nor there in terms of what we're talking about. The very same thing that makes one person feel closer to God about wherever you are makes another person feel distant from God. Mm -hmm. And it's not about that. I, I, my attitude was wrong about that. I, I, I say, oh, you're, all of your effort, all of your attention is on the stuff, right. and it's not on God himself. When I think it's entirely reasonable to be able to walk into a building like that and simply be reminded and inspired about the majesty right. of God himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, so like back in the day, most churches, cathedrals yeah. were a huge, like large, ornate yeah. Buildings just like that. I mean, a lot of the architectural designs that we have now are, well, I mean, not modern designs, but came from huge cathedrals because sure. the church back in the day had the money That's to spend right. on these, these ornate buildings and stuff yeah. like that. Right. So, and you see where we've come now, a little bit more of a modern design and or storefront churches or, or whatever like that. That's not, that doesn't really have all that ornate 
quality to right. it. Um, do you think there's something that's missing because we don't have that? Or do you think – do you know what I mean? Saying, like, obviously there's a – the reason they had that was because we are celebrating the majesty and the greatness of our God. So we're going to put all this ornate decoration right. and all this gold inlaid stuff and whatever. You know what I mean? I mean right, right. The temple of God, essentially. That's what we're showing off here. That's right. Do you do you think that we have gone too far the other way and made it too low key, or do you? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I have uh, thoughts after Scott's thoughts. <laughs> Scott's thoughts. Nobody has the thoughts name after of my, Scott's my column. Thoughts. There Scott's you go. Thoughts are the end of the road. I, I'll give a, a kind of a cop out answer here. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it. There, there are some. If you look at it pragmatically, there are some who would say. Uh, why would you spend all the money on all this right. ornate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is it rep, rep, represents a significant financial investment when so much more could be done with that money. Whether it's to feed the poor, clothe the naked, or whether it's to print gospel material, support missionaries. Mm-hmm. My answer to that is is you know, I, I, it sounds a little bit like Judas. You know, why why would she? Why would you waste this yeah, money? Right, exactly pour this perfume what I was it? thinking. Yeah. yeah. When the fact is, there's plenty for all of it, yeah. all right? And I think God is honored in the cathedral, and he's honored in the storefront. And I think that variety exists and needs to exist because of there are people like my professor who are moved by the cathedral. That's true. And there That's are people point. like uh, 21-year-old Scott Millis who needed the informality to get past right. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, God is... Uh, God is there, and he is not limited right. by by human representations of him. God so. is in the heart, not in the building. Right. That's right. Well, and the whole uh, cathedral thing and church thing just makes me think of um, Bezalel and the yeah. tabernacle. You know, it's Old Testament, quote-unquote, but still, I mean, he was a man of great craftsmanship who was right. called right. to build That's something beautiful not for just God. called That's but empowered point. by the holy yes. spirit exactly yes. to be exactly. an artisan yeah these yeah. were very very talk about ornate you know mm-hmm. you read the description of the uh the you know, just the covering of the ark oh, and yeah. the angels and everything else yeah. yeah yeah i mean and you know it you kind of said it sky i mean the church obviously isn't a building but there is something very that can be very powerful in walking to into a church that looks as beautiful as some cathedrals yes, do. Yeah. But also on the flip side, just because um, we as charismatics, I guess, have more informal churches, doesn't mean that sometimes they cost any less money. Oh, no, no. I mean, this, <laughs> no, this and, and building that we are in is a this lot is a of beautiful. Money. This is a it beautiful is a facility. Beautiful facility. But, but what you're talking about, it, it's, uh, it's one way of bringing up the importance of taking care of what we have. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, this is, uh, we've got a beautiful sanctuary and, and uh, everything. Again, it's not, you don't get the same type of impression as you right. walk into this ornate cathedral. But it is something that I think can still speak of mm-hmm. God's goodness and his majesty, his bigness. That's what mm-hmm. I like about our sanctuary, yeah. openness. Yes, you know? yeah. I love it. Uh, so, you know, we want to take care of it. Right. And, you know, we... You, and this is where you kind of gotta you think about things like, well, gosh, you know, should we should we allow coffee in the sanctuary? You know, we don't want a station guard saying, I, I, I don't bring that in here. At the same time, it's not a matter. I don't think of is it okay to drink coffee during service. It's all right uh, if everybody's got coffee or pop or something that can stain. How long is our sanctuary going to be beautiful? Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of right. things you want to think about. Always put people first, and yet God has blessed us with a sanctuary that 
also represents a significant investment right, right. financially. And so let's take care of it, keep it clean. And One thing, I know we're kind of going a long time, but just kind right. of thought of it. Um, and Scott, you can kind of comment on this if you want. With the um, kind of the charismatic renewal and this move into a more, maybe more informal service than what we used yeah. to have. And then that kind of going into our buildings, then our buildings is a little bit more informal. To me, it kind of seems like it was a transition from God's not just in the building. He's in the, the church isn't the building. The church is the people. people. And with these new churches, like our church, it's not really a building that's made just for the Sunday service. Um, A lot of what these Uh. new churches, I would consider them as they're almost like multi-purpose facilities. Right. So it's there for the Sunday service, but it's also there for, you know, the family night that we have on Friday night right. to build community right. together yeah. to build the church and stuff. But I don't know if you I, had any I don't thoughts know on that. Because... I mean, that's not probably the main reason why right. our churches right. looked different, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if... but I, even a lot of the older churches have fellowship halls. Right. You know, there they're, they're are multi-purpose rooms. And, right. Uh, you know, we had lock-ins in, in some of these old churches. Right. Uh, so, right. But right. you're right. They weren't designed necessarily for some of the stuff we were doing. I hear what you're saying. I thought you were going a different direction with that comment. Uh, but it, was, it it's a still a great observation that when these charismatic churches began to spring up, again, a lot of them simply had to meet in pre-existing buildings that right. were built for something else. Right. And then when they built buildings, That's true. they built them in a style that was certainly distinct from more mainline denominations. Mm-hmm. Here's an observation I'll make, and I'm not going to be dogmatic about it, but the vast majority of people, I think, well, I don't say the vast majority. In my experience, in my limited experience, when, when I came to Christ and we got into the charismatic movement, most of the people who were getting into the charismatic movement were believers from denominational churches. Right. And the freedom that they began to experience when, after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, seeing the gifts in action, it was so different from their church experience but there wasn't a church like this one that they could go to. All right. That I think is one of the greatest legacies of, of like Rama, for instance, uh, you know, in 1978, if we'd wanted to leave our denominational church and go to a charismatic church, I don't know where one was. Right. Right. Well, I could give you half a dozen within 15 miles right. now. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good thing that, that there, that there are options like that. But, I also think that because a lot of people experienced kind of what I did, which was I didn't get this in my denominational church, there was a negative association with for a while with everything about right. that church. It's why yeah. we did away with the hymnal. It's why we did away with the stained glass and all this stuff. And we wanted a a uh, structure that reflected our different experience. Right. And I think in a lot of cases we threw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Our hymnology, I think, certainly yeah. suffered oh, early right. on. I think we, we need to recover a lot of that, and I think we've begun to recover a lot of that. doesn't mean we need to go back to stained glass windows. It doesn't. But uh, no, those are I do expensive. think that is I, – I think the <laughs> – I, I really do think the the uh, the motive for building buildings when they got around to building buildings. Again, mm-hmm. it was first, we don't have another church to go to, so we're going to meet in a different building. We can't right. buy one. And then we, when they got established and were able to build, then it was, we don't want to build one like one we came out of. Right. And that's okay. There's, and I, there's nothing inherently holy about the space. Right, yeah. And that makes sense. And I think that's kind of where I was 
going sort of, but didn't yeah. quite get there. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, one thing that I've seen that I've really liked is I follow like on Instagram, I follow a lot of like creative church places where these people who, um, they kind of do things and build things, unique things for the church. And I'm seeing, a, I think I'm seeing a lot more of that. And it's, um, kind of, it's not like, it's not like they're building stained glass windows, but they are building things in the church for the church to honor God with. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's almost like a new wave of, you know, stained glass, that kind of stained glass style or whatever. It's ornate things um, for the building, you know, yeah. to kind of give glory. It's kind of like a new way of like the cathedrals. It's this, we're trying to, basically trying to emulate the majesty of God with this building. And now it's kind of, it's like they're doing the same thing, but a different way. So yeah. Calling out all you Bezalels out there. Bezalels. Bezalels. I I would say Bezalel, but uh, Bezalel. Bezalel. And who's the other guy for, for a dollar. Give you a dollar. If you think of it. Is it, is his name Bob? I got a dollar. It was indeed Bob. Bob. No. <laughs> Bezalel and Aholiab. That's right. That's now, right. Now, here's one thing I love, and I've in some in some ways I'm a creative person. Um, you know, I enjoy doing the video announcements and and being creative with that kind of stuff, coming up with ideas and doing different things like that. But it still amazes me the graphic designers out there or the real video producers and directors and just the people that like the worship team for an example you know how you guys can come together and you can just take essentially you know a song and completely wrap yourselves around it you know what i mean Mm. um and i've always been absolutely fascinated by that and when you mentioned bezalel 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 uh anyway when you mentioned (laughs) them about and how and how god specifically gifted them to know how to do this yeah, you know, artistic yeah. work, oh, yeah. and it's like this is incredible because, and you can see that on people, even if they're not Christians. Absolutely, God has imprinted on them those right. Romans talent, twelve gifts, this yes. talent yes. and gifts to do something that I'm just like, how do you do that? Like yeah. I'm watching somebody do a painting or do a graphic design or come up with a cool poster to promote an event or something like that. And I'm looking at that and like, where did you? How? Like, mm. where did you come up with these this? sculptures? That you can only see what they are from a certain angle. Oh, they just oh look yeah. like piles of trash or stuff hanging there, and then you move, and all of a sudden you're looking at a face or a machine. How do you visualize yes, that before yes. it's built? How do you it's, know? It's a, it's a gift. It absolutely is. Oh, you yeah. can't teach. And this you is what fascinates so me about architecture. And I used to, you know, I have used to have big dreams of being an architect. I mean, I even went to started to go to school for it because it's always fascinated me. I mean, just. We'd go to a conference. We went to a young adults conference way, way, way back um, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. A bunch of us from church here all went to a young adults conference. And we had a, for some free time one afternoon or something like that. And me and one of the other guys just went walking around Louisville, which isn't some kind of booming metropolis, but it's a bigger city. It's Louisville. Louis- but go Louisville. ahead. Louisville. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would just walk around and just be in awe of just the architecture and the way buildings are arranged and set up i mean it's just i mean it's always been something that's fascinated me and i have a really cool picture um there's like an older an older part of town i, I don't know if you, what you, i'm not super familiar with the town but there's like an old building it was like a spaghetti house or it was like a restaurant of some type this cool old brick architecture but just in the back um there's this huge glass 
building, like a brand new building. So I got this cool picture of this uh, old with the new in the back. Yeah, it's such yeah. a neat thing, but it's always been something that's fascinating. Oh, sure. But it, it, it's an art, essentially. I mean, you sure get the, it whether it's a cathedral with flying buttresses and, and ornate artwork or whether it's a brand new uh, uh, building with glass as complete glass exterior, whatever the case is, I mean, this just stuff just is absolutely fascinating how people are gifted to put these things yep. together, whether it's on paper or on a foundation. That's right. The way God has gifted people, I'm yeah. just like, this is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely absolutely amazing. amazing. But um, so anyway, hey, real quick before we go on so, you know, way too long, what's coming up? Um, you, okay, so we're getting ready to start your uh talking about Galatians and services, but whatever the other things are coming well, up. Uh, one, big, one big thing we have coming up uh, every year, Walk for Life. Walk for uh, Life, super that's right. important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of our favorite ministries, Pregnancy Resource Center, saving the lives of babies, yes. saving the spiritual lives of uh, children and mothers uh, across this state. Just uh, the hardest working group of people. And uh, what a privilege to be partnered with them Absolutely. with our monthly support. And, and this, this this event is a pretty major fundraiser for them. I encourage you to find somebody that's walking and support yes. them or walk yourself and yes. get out there and get the support. We've got great platforms now uh, for you to let people know. Uh, but one of the most effective ways is still knock on doors that's and right. ask people you know to just just pledge yes. some money for your walk. And uh, support the uh, ministry of Walk for Life. Youth, yeah. youth group going to be running games there again? Or? Uh, yes, this year we are. It's always kind of a year-to-year thing gotcha. on what they want us to do, but we always go and serve as a youth group and, and uh, kind of whatever they need us to do. Yeah. We either run games, do face painting, right. whatever the case is, and then we always stick around afterwards to help clean up and, yeah. and then grab a bite, to lunch, a bite at lunch mm-hmm. afterwards. So, But if you want more information on the ministry, you can go to www.hopeforafuture.com, uh, all one word, and you can look, if you look under events you'll see the champagne walk for life and then there's a printable um like fundraising kind of form that they have that you can if you want to walk yourself or uh you can probably always shout out on facebook or something like that and see who's who's walking and you can support that or just support them directly through their website they're fantastic ministry and they're doing some amazing things through the center and through mercy's refuge uh which is kind of a, a an additional ministry that they started up uh for i guess women in transition or just women that have that need extra, help. right? Right. You know, it's a living. The ministry comes alongside them and and uh, and and puts them up for a certain period of time, I guess. Yeah, and I don't know a, what that limit is. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if there's a certain limit, but Beth anyway. goes and stays there every other. Yeah, Sunday there's night. yeah women that go and volunteer yep. and live there and uh, and or yeah live there or or help out certain times during the week. So anyway, it's just an it's a great great ministry and, a, and an awesome opportunity to get involved through the Walk for Life. So yeah. and then yeah and then we're, we, the youth group goes and helps out. So always been cool. Yeah, we love right we've been on. involved with that since forever i mean just yeah oh yeah i mean for a very long time several members of our church are actively involved or yeah. like on staff with that's the right DRC, so yeah awesome if you guys want to learn more or hear more about um the prc and mercy's refuge we did an episode a while back with greta henry that's one right. of the directors yeah. uh that episode i believe is called uh hope for a future so you can see that in our previous episodes But as for today, thanks for joining us. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe so you can get notified about our future episodes and conversations. Hey, real quick. First podcast listener who goes to my Facebook page and posts the word Bezalel, I will support you to the tune of $10 for the Walk for Life. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Awesome. That is scottmillis at facebook.com. Also, make sure to leave us a review. 
I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, you'll find kind of how You'll find them. Yeah. Uh, make sure to leave us a review. Let us know how you're doing. And send any questions that you guys have to podcast at livingwordfamily.org. Right. We'd love to hear your thoughts, love to hear your questions and answer them. So thanks again for joining us today on this episode of the Living Word Family Church podcast. See you guys. Peace out. See you next time.